When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Equity of up to one hundred and fifty million pounds. You're on the theatre, fun. You're here to win games. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us. We have got some World Cup to talk about today. We've got uh, some players returning to Hotspur Way after the World Cup and after some club friendlies and some breaks and such. Uh, and then we've got uh, a couple of games that the women played as well over the last week or so that we are going to get into as well. Uh, we'll start by throwing out to the Todd father himself. He is at TC underscore show. Todd, what's going on, man? Hey, you know, any day that you uh, get together with your mates and have a conversation on a day that Harry Kane scores a goal is a good fucking day. I can't complain about it. No, I don't know, don't know why you would complain about it. I, I would feel bad if you complained about hanging out with, with me and, and, and with Caroline, who is also with us. She is at CG Stefko. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. What's up? Oh, I was just going to say, my only complaint is that it's Phil Foden got the two assists today and not Harry Kane. But that's a different conversation for a different podcast, I guess, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Your boy your, your, your boy was a little disappointed about that as well. We had a little uh, little legal wagering going on about Harry Kane getting a couple assists. Just because the odds were there, that's all we're going to say. Um, and, and we're just going to note that it was legal wagering, and that's, that's, all, that, that's all that needs to be said. Uh, but as I mentioned, Caroline's also with us at CG Stefko. Kaz, what's going on with you? Hey, uh, you know, the vibes could be better just because of some recent results that mean things to me personally uh, yes. in the soccer world. But, <laughs> you know, we, we move on. We keep going. <laughs> we do. We do. For those who don't know, Caroline is uh, a Germany supporter. Not great there. Uh, of course, Todd and I are, are, are USA supporters as well. Uh, not great there either. Not great there. Not great there. Um, all of that kind of came came a crashing down this weekend or or before over the past week. Yeah, it all just it all just uh, kind of fell apart. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, Shuban is also going to join us a little later. Recorded something with him earlier. We talked a lot about um, what's going on at Hotspur Away this past week. So we will we will chat with him a little bit later. Let's start though. Let's talk about this women's team because Caroline. After a good result last week in the Conti Cup, which for those who don't know is the equivalent to the League Cup on the women's side, um, the team came out today and really dropped the ball. <laughs> Just kind of looked lethargic and bad. And I, I told you, I unfortunately missed the first half of this game, but did watch the entire second half. And y- yikes. Um, you want to fill us in on what the heck happened with Spurs women today against Reading? Yeah, I think first, to, to put it in perspective, we have to go back to the Conti Cup game because that felt like a really 
maybe not the most uh, flawless performance, like from start to finish, but result wise um, was really important. You know, we had a five one win over Coventry United, who, to be fair, are dead last in the championship right now. Um, but we we had some goals uh, from players who had not scored yet for Spurs. So that was really exciting. We scored off of quite a few set pieces. We had three headed goals, which I don't feel like that has ever happened for Spurs women, <laughs> at least that I can remember. Um, and, you know, we even had an academy kid who got her first goal with the club. So it was like everything is going great. You know, we've got some momentum going into the next league game, which was against Reading. And Reading have really been struggling in the league, too. So I just don't know what happened today. Um, it felt like a completely different team came out on the pitch, even though there wasn't, you know, a huge amount of rotation. And I think, you know, we always talk about how Ashley Neville is the star performer of the team. And even she just was not on it today. Um, and it could have easily been a draw if it had not been for the one goal of the game, which was an Amy Turner own goal. And there's not a whole lot to say about that moment, except that it was just a massive miscommunication. And it was such a shame because Becky Spencer started in goal for us today and she had a phenomenal game. You know, she was making incredible saves and we could not keep that clean sheet. So I think the bigger issue, too, is just we're back to the whole not being able to score issue. Just yeah, to, no to me, the to me, the word was lethargic. It almost looked like the the attack while it was there was possession and the attack was present. Um, it just looked lethargic from a connection standpoint. Nobody looked like they wanted to connect more than two passes together at a time. Um, and Spurs had kind of all of the the reason to go for it, especially in that, like I said, I watched that second half and it was just, they had the ball, they were on top of it. They weren't really facing a lot of pressure. They were trying to get that equalizer, but they just couldn't string more than two passes together at a time. And that, that was kind of all it just, there weren't a ton of clear cut, great offensive chances uh, in order to get that equalizer. And, and they paid for that. Yeah. And I, I think it got a little bit better in the second half with some of the subs that came on. Um, like Chioma Ubagagu and Nicola Karcheska, they both put in pretty decent shifts. And, you know, Karis Harrop, she's recently come back from injury and finally got her first minutes in that cup game. And then she came in as a sub today as well. And, you know, I think, I think she's going to be pretty important in these next few games in terms of bringing a little more experience into the lineup. Um, it just seems like maybe we've been lacking a little bit of leadership on the pitch perhaps. So hoping to see some of that from her. And it's just a little frustrating to have this result today, not just because Reading had been, you know, playing pretty poorly and this was a game we should have won, but also because the other teams around us in the middle of the table all dropped points except for Liverpool who are just behind us now. So this should have been, you know, an opportunity to, to maybe gain some ground over the, the teams that we had fallen behind. So I don't know. I'm, I'm finding it a little hard to be positive after today's game. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Tot Tottenham women sit seventh in the table uh, after seven games, three wins, four defeats. And, you know, they've, they've played the fewest number of games of anyone in the WSL because of postponements and, and the like they've, 
they've essentially are the only team that have had two of their games postponed. Everyone else has at least played eight or nine games. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's you kind of expect, and we've talked a lot about this about the the the, the Tottenham women. You kind of expect them to be the best of the rest, you know, behind mm-hmm. that top four group. Um, and they're only really three points off of that benchmark right now, but this was a three points that you would have expected to kind of have in the bank um, against a team like Reading, and it, it didn't come. Now, looking ahead, Spurs women get to play West Ham next weekend. That's the team that's three points ahead of them and one spot ahead of them in the table. And then after that, it's the game against Everton that, that had been uh, previously postponed and was rescheduled for midweek. They are level on points with Everton on nine points. So you got a chance to face the two teams that are bookending you right now uh, over your next two matches uh, in on the table. There's a chance to leap ahead of those teams and, and, and make your mark. Right. Yeah. This is going to be, I think a crucial week in the season, especially with it being, you know, a bit of a fixture crunch with that game getting rescheduled mid week. Uh, it's going to be a test of our rotation and honestly, just can we be consistent? you know, bringing the intensity every game because it's it's been the case this season that we've kind of been winning a game, then losing one, and then just repeating that. Um, so I think these are – we need to get at least, I would say, four points out of those two league games coming up and then, you know, rotate for that, that last game of the week, which is going to be the Conti Cup uh, group stage final game. Yeah, and and after that, there's a there's a nice little gap in the schedule. Uh, Spurs women play on the 18th in that Conti Cup game, and then don't return to action until January 14th uh, back in in the WSL. So a nice little gap to be had there, and um, kind of a three game charge here toward uh, toward that gap in the schedule. And like you said, there's those are going to be really really crucial games. Um, moving to the men's side of things, the the, the World Cup. <laughs> You know, we've got pretty much two quarterfinals at this point decided as we record. Um, and it's been I can't I don't want to say these games, these round of 16 games have been they've they haven't lacked um you know emotion or fun, but they haven't also really been that close. Um you look at the, the Netherlands USA game on Saturday, you look at um even the the England game today against Senegal, the France Poland game wasn't that that close either. Um, and I'm trying to think of what the other game I'm missing there is. There was one other one played on Saturday, and I don't even remember who it was because I was. Yeah, it was the Argentina Australia game where. It was oh, that's very the one. Similar. Yeah, very similar. So all of these kind of these first run of of knockout games have been, uh, you know, I think they've gone as expected. I let's start with with England. Um, because Harry Kane, as as Todd mentioned, got off the board, which is nice. Um, got off the schneid, got a goal. Good to see. England kind of cruise and now they get to play France um, which obviously involves Hugo Lloris and I think there's something to be said about watching both of these players and kind of our feelings as Spurs fans about them watching them both in in this tournament um, I feel way better about one of them than I do the other Todd and I think you know who that is um, and knowing that one of them is going to be trying to score on the other in their quarterfinal game makes me very very nervous for Hugo Lloris <laughs> You know, there was a great tweet that was put out by the Men in Blazers guy today that was like, uh, uh, watching Loris is like watching a arsonist who's also a firefighter. 
And I, I give you credit, Andrew, for throwing that in the group chat because it's so fucking accurate that it just, it's, it's something that, and even somebody commented underneath that, that it was like, oh, it's so he's perfect for Spurs, just a heart attack, a minute, you know, blah, blah, blah. It is kind of ideal, right? <laughs> Man, I hope Kane has a, just a hattie on him and it just makes him look silly. I really, really do. Um, we're gonna check the odds on that by the way before that game. I, it's you know, I uh, it doesn't even matter if that's just what I'm hoping. Um, <laughs> no, I there's no part of me that roots for this French team. I mean, Olivier Giroud, um, you know, broke uh, Thierry Henry's record for the, the most French goals scored in history with like 52, I think, today. Um, on some lovely Olivier Giroud shit, and uh, his hair extremely well coiffed just now. That is a good-looking um, man. I will say that. It's, I mean, facts are facts. Uh, but fuck those guys, just pretty much in general. Like fuck every part of them, and I, I don't want them to win um, anything. I, Hugo's made me very sad this season, um, both on and off the pitch. And I backed him for you know when he got busted for drunk driving with Giroud. It's a fucking fact. That's where he was having dinner with that guy. Anyway. Um, there's no part of me that wants Hugo to do well in this game at all. So yeah, that's just, yeah. That's just I mean, not to mention we we were kind of giving Hugo a lot of shit for his comments before the tournament about everything that was going on with the armbands. Like it has not been a great couple of weeks for Hugo, even though he has his he's capping his his team once again and are in in a World Cup quarterfinal and could very easily, you know, I say very easily they could very well be on their way to lifting another trophy. Like it is, we're all kind of like, oh man. Time, the time does seem to be ticking on on Hugo well, Lloris for, it's for tough. all of us a little bit. It's tough. Uh, I, I mean, and Carolyn, I'm, I'm curious where you're at on this, but it, it's tough for me because I was very much a Hugo defender coming into this season. But, um, you know, obviously things on and off the pitch have made me look at it and go, okay, well, you know, Hugo, thanks for your service. You've been an incredible captain, though we haven't won shit since you've been here. Um, and, but, I, you know, thanks for your service. I haven't, you know, don't let the door hit you, et cetera. Um, but then he came out and said the things that he said and was very French about saying them, and it made me sad. And now I don't want him to do well at things. Yeah, very French is a good way to put that. Um, I I did see a tweet um, from the Proud Lily White supporters group saying that they were hoping to engage Hugo in some dialogue uh, once he gets back to Hotspur away, and I think that's great, and I wish them luck because I think that might not be a conversation he really is interested in having. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. But, you know, I to keep things on a Spurs-related note, I, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, but there's a really great piece um, up on The Athletic from Chloe Morgan, who some of the listeners might know is a former goalkeeper for Spurs women. Um, and, you know, she wrote this piece basically talking about the fallout of the uh, one love armband debacle with FIFA and, you know, just the different nations response to that. And, you know, she said something that resonated with me, which is basically like words to the effect that a lot of LGBTQ fans, you know, are feeling kind of let down right now. Um, And just a little bit, you know, it makes it hard to enjoy the games on like the sporting level, which obviously this is the sport we love and, you know, these are players from our clubs that we want to support, but things like this can kind of make you think twice of like, you know, I, I put so much love and attention into to watching this sport and these players and 
it's not always reciprocated. Um, yeah, sorry, I brought it to a somber note, but no, no, it's okay. I mean, like you know, we're we're bringing up stuff that we did talk about on a previous episode, which is fine. I I think that we I, I always point to what Eric Dyer said is is you know yeah these are political issues, but we're people and we have opinions too, and it it like. I think I, I read that piece that you reference, and and I think it does a really good job of pointing out that, you know, these players, yeah, they they, they don't always want to get involved in these kinds of discussions, but they are people and they have opinions, and we we have the right to you know expect them to at least you know be real at times, um, and or or at least to shy away from things that they are not comfortable talking about in the proper way, and that's just Hugo didn't take either route; he went a totally different way, and that was the disappointing part of it. Um, it will be interesting to see these two go at it. I'm glad that that game is on a Saturday afternoon. It's Saturday at, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, probably a good amount of eyes will be on that, uh, not only around the world, but especially here in the States. That That's like a prime, pretty prime window. Um, I think the only other thing maybe going on sat- next Saturday is like the Army-Navy football game, which is always a big, big thing in my household. But um, But probably, you know, <laughs> that's probably the only competition it has television wise and sports television wise. So um, that's, that'll be fun to watch um, it, that USA Netherlands game, not a ton of Spurs connections in it. Uh, other than we talked about Weston McKinney and now that he has been knocked out of the world cup uh, and can kind of lick his wounds, there is certainly a lot of, of still a lot of buzz about, you know, a potential move to Spurs for him in January. Um, and then the other one is, you know, it was an interesting one because we saw a performance out of the Dutch right back, uh, and I'm already blanking. Denzel Dumfries, or as Thank my you. guy Jace calls him, Dumb Fries, and I don't disagree. But he's 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 a tidy little player. That, well, yeah, I mean, two assists and a goal against the against the U.S. and kind of ripped him a new one um now i don't know if that's all on dumfries or if that's a little bit on greg berhalter i i i think i will put a little bit of that on greg berhalter but i'm gonna leave my greg berhalter slander for another day um but yeah that that guy was man of the match in this match and and apparently the word is that inter and a lot of inter fans especially don't really want him there anymore they're kind of trying to maybe ship him out and the weirdest part of this whole thing is that they could perhaps be the number one target for a one Emerson Royale. Does, does it seem to me that these Lego pieces are all fitting perfectly and making me a beautiful structure here, Todd? Like this seems it like does it to me like, wow, it does to me, I don't hate it. And it's only because he's meant to be a, a, a right wing back. Uh, and that's uh, what we, we need. So hopefully um, we can pay him lots and lots of, of money and then he can come and do that. And then if Inter, in return, would also like to accept Emerson Royale as a parting gift, uh, I think that would make everybody happy. Uh, if they decide that they want to give us money for him too, well, then shit. I don't know how we, we don't accept that deal. Uh, <laughs> in terms of Weston McKinney, uh, to, to finish on, on Dumfries, um, it's, that's, a, that's a Stevie B at Tottenham situation where it's like he's a really good player. He got there for one coach. That coach left. Now he's there with the other coach. The other coach doesn't want him to do the thing that he does, and he's kind of like a a, a, 
a, a cog and you know an outside cog of the machine and it's just not like working yeah, for them it's so square, square peg round hole situation you got to give him to us and, and you know here's some emerson and have yourself a nice day uh i will i've gone on record numerous occasions Kaz is saying that i personally um will carry weston mckinney's bags to hotspur <laughs> if he if he 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 wants to come and play for us that would be incredible um i think that uh juve uh, the dear old lady there in Italy would definitely appreciate the millions and millions of euro that we would give them for him. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that might work. Why Why would they need millions and millions of euros at, at Juve? Don't well, they a really rich club? Well, never mind. At one point in time. I think I'm stepping on a topic that we have for later I, in the show. <laughs> I, well, I'm segues or segues, Kaz. I don't know. Is there anything you wanted to add on this dumb fries, dumb freeze situation? No, I mean... It, it just seems like a, a win-win situation for clubs and players involved. And it could be a, a good old-fashioned American trade scenario, I think. You know? I just maybe, maybe sure some values, cash assets. Matt, yeah, yeah may, maybe we have to make up a little, you know, well, difference. But. I'll tell you what. When it comes to um, some creative financing, uh, you know, there's <laughs> nobody better to uh, potentially lead that charge than one uh, Fabio Paratici, Andrew, who, uh, well, it's yeah. had an interesting week. That's true. Let's, let's, let's pause here. Let's go. Let's, let's take a break. Cause I do want to talk about Mr. Paratici and, you know, we'll touch on it, but I want to go talk to Shuban first. We'll talk to, talk to him about some things and then we'll come back. And I want to hear what you have as well. We'll, 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 we'll do that right after this. <laughs> Back in here with Shuban, and we're going to talk a little bit about World Cup and kind of the impact of some of the players for Spurs returning to Hotspur away. Um, these guys got some time off, right, Shuban? And and a lot of players returned earlier this week. Players like Yves Basuma, Dejan Kulisevsky, Clement Longley, guys who were not involved in the World Cup, um, and a lot of them back at Hotspur away training this week. A lot of other players expected to uh, return this week who were not involved as well. Players like who, who were playing friendlies, I guess, Davis Sanchez, uh, Brian Heal, not involved with Spain, but a lot of these guys getting back. And now, you know, we kind of await some of the players who have been eliminated from the World Cup or maybe picked up Knox to have a little bit of time off themselves. And we're still three weeks out from Spurs playing a game. So there's a little bit of time to get these guys back in the building and back into kind of almost a second pre, uh, preseason training under Antonio Conte, which is nice, right? Definitely. I mean, I think, I think, as the goal said, Antonio Conte is still away. He's not fully back yet. I think he's still in Italy. So I think it's his um, lieutenants that are overseeing this pre-season. But they've got, like, especially all the tactical work and everything else, they've really got, like, a good two couple of weeks to really, like, take on board what he's saying. And it's more of a case of, yes, they've had the, the initial pre-season, but now they've got this extra bonus pre-season. And for players like Jed Spence, players like Brian Hill, I think we'll find out if they're going to, you know, are they going to be part of the like, new year plans for, um, for Antonio Conte? Or is he going to say, look, um, you're, you, you know, I think it's best for you to, if you want to get some football, I think it's best for you to go away. If it's for Brian Hill, then I think that's probably not the death knell, but because obviously we've seen Saliba go away for a couple of years and then come back. Uh, and for Jed Spence as well, I, think, I don't think he joined thinking, well, I'm going to go on, go on loan again. But I think he definitely does need to be playing football. If he's not going to play football with us, he has to go away somewhere and play some football. 
So I think it'll be interesting. And again, I think you, you pursue much. I think Conte, I think you can clarify this, but I think Conte said that he was having trouble picking up the tactical element of the game. So this is like a bonus session. It's like, you know what? You've got a couple of weeks. Let's drill you. Let's see if you understand it. And I think that there are, there was a friendly coming up at Hotspur Way, but I think it's behind closed doors. I think because I know some clubs at Newcastle are playing like at St. James's or playing wherever they're doing. I think there was talk about doing some warm weather training, but again, Alizagol spoke about this. He goes, it's so difficult to do that because first of all, Spurs cities are so just superb. It's really cold right here right now in England. Right. But to get that warm weather training and to get the friendlies and everything else, it's just a lot. The logistics are very difficult. We've seen a lot of that. You're right. I mean, I know Manchester United had a game at Old Trafford. Um, I believe it was Everton went on a on a trip to Australia, where it's obviously not going to be as cold. It's the summertime in Australia right now. They went on yeah. a trip there to play to play a few friendlies. Um, we have seen a lot of that. I'm I'm interested in too. I, I'm glad you brought up the fact that Basuma will get kind of this second mini preseason. I think the same can be said for for a player like Jed Spence. I know there's a lot of talk about the right wing back spot and kind of what that will look like going forward. Um, there's been lengthy discussion about Emerson. Um, maybe Jed Spence can step back into that role. Maybe Matt Doherty can get more fitness and perhaps start to return to the player that we saw him uh, almost a year ago before that injury. Um, but the, uh, another big part of, of what's going to be returning in the coming weeks is that midfield engine room that I know you wanted to talk about too. Pierre-Emile Hoybier, obviously a, a disappointing exit for Denmark uh, in the World Cup, a, a team that I expected to be much better. Um, and also with uh, Rodrigo Bentancor, um, you know, I thought Uruguay would, would, would put up a better show and, and neither of those teams... Uh, able to advance out of the group stages. Bentacor, of course, picked up a little bit of a knock. We'll have to see kind of where that goes going forward. But yeah. the midfield, you know, as a whole, hopefully getting back to Hotspur way and getting themselves more fit. I think, I mean, obviously what I didn't want to see was like a Michael Owen. I think if you guys remember in the Germany World Cup, he had that horrific injury. Right. And I don't think he ever really recovered from that, really. So, um, like I said, obviously you don't want to see Bentancor being injured. And I think... You know what? I think a couple of weeks of you know just resting him, you know, I think won't be a bad thing. I mean, I think, I I think Hoybier, I don't know what the stats are, but I think he's played. If he hasn't played like 100% of our minutes, he's played at least 99%. It's just some ridiculous number. He just he seems to never seems to be substituted or anything. So I think he's. Um, I think the rest will do him good. Whether there is that World Cup hangover, but again. Again, just go back to what's 2006. So I think if you remember Paul Robinson had that disaster for England against Croatia, I think it was, and that affected his confidence and that he never recovered from it mentally. I don't think any of these players can say, oh, do you know what? I, did, I didn't play as well as I wanted to. I mean, I mean Benson Cole almost had a goal against Portugal. He had that dizzying run, I remember. And I'm like, wow, where, 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 where's this Benson Cole? I know he scored a bunch of goals, but that, you know, like charging up the field and carrying the ball, I haven't seen that. From him that I can think of, and I don't think I said Hoybier again. I think he had, I would say, a disappointing welcome in terms of his performance. I mean, obviously the results didn't go his way, right? But yeah, but Bentacor, I, I think, impressed well. a lot. Yeah, he played really well. Yeah. And and to your point on Hoybier, both Hoybier and Bentacor have played a lot of minutes already this season. Uh, only two outfield players, obviously Hugo is going to be up there as the goalkeeper, but only two outfield players have played more than Bentancur and Hoybier for Spurs in all comps this season. Do, do, do you want to take a gander at who those two are? Uh, I'm going to go with Eric Dyer, 
and Hurricane. They they would be the two. You are correct. Harry Kane, <laughs> Harry Kane uh, and, and Eric Dyer both both over nineteen hundred minutes this season. Hoybier up over eighteen hundred, and Bentoncourt up over seventeen hundred. So, yeah, a lot of lot of um, wear and tear on those legs, and you would like to see both those midfielders get back. And obviously, we'll have to wait and see on Bentoncourt with the injury. But you'd like to see those guys get back and get a little rest, and then get you know get back into training, and get ready for a. A, a second half. Ben Davis, obviously, also coming back after Wales uh, crashed out in the group stage. So another another body to get back there. And and honestly, Ben Davis is up there over twelve hundred minutes, almost the thirteen hundred minutes on the season. Um, yeah. So, but a lot of players still involved too. And we're you know, as we're recording this timeline wise for folks, we're recording this on the fourth before uh, France and England and Senegal, for that matter, have played. So. Still a lot of players involved um, in the World Cup for Spurs. You've got um, uh, Saar for Senegal and obviously Kane Dyer for England and Hugo Lloris for, for France. Um, and then multiple players still still coming down down the pipeline here in this round of 16. Youngman's son's Korea gets through. Richarlison's obviously leading the line for Brazil. Perisic and Croatia are still going. And then uh, Christian Romero already through to the, to the quarterfinals with uh with argentina so a lot of players still involved in this thing i think it's going to be really interesting to see how much time these guys get off once they are you know eliminated or heck some of them may be going through all the way to the very end of this thing um i'll be interested to see how much how how deep into january these rest periods go over some of these players that make a deeper run i mean we may not see some of these players back at hospital way until a, a week or two into january maybe longer it's not just the physical, uh, obviously, wear and tear, but it's the mental as well, because they've gone from, because it's hard to, I don't know how much the, the other like Italian or other leagues had, not, not Italian, I'd say the French or German leagues, but it was like it was like a week, the season had ended, and then that was it, the players had all gone off. They didn't have that like two, three weeks just to rest down and rest their minds and then go to link up with their national teams, just, you know, like kind of like... Um, not ease into the walk-up, but like gradual. So the mental fatigue is going to be incredible. I think, especially if you're a defender, I think, I know not physical, but I think mentally, if you make a mistake, you switch off. I think that's going to be, I think we, I'm, I'm not saying we will, but I think we'll see a lot more defensive errors just because players are more mentally fatigued than they would be physically, if that makes any sense. Oh, I, th- I think you're you're 100. I think the physical element obviously does play a factor, but you're right. I mean, not only just with the mental factor of playing the game, but the travel involved. You know, you're going to Qatar, um, a place that I'm sure many of those players have visited before. But with everything surrounding this World Cup, with it being this time of year, with the the geopolitical nature of of some of these games, I mean, we saw so much just in the build up to the U.S. Iran game not that any Spurs players themselves were involved in that game but there's so much mental strife that goes on with some of these games as well and just so much that goes into it, so many eyes on you uh, e- even not not just in the stadium not just with 70 80,000 people in the stadium watching these games and the and the pressure of these games but but with the billions of people around the world watching these games there is a a, a mental strife that goes with that I think you're right and um, the players will need to to kind of get away and and reset and come back into January with a with kind of a hopefully a new mindset and a refreshed mindset and not to mention the fact that January obviously brings a lot of rumors about movement for players so because yeah. the transfer window will be open who you know there will be players who 
are perhaps talking about, I mean, you met, you brought it up earlier, Jed Spence. Maybe he's a player who's not particularly playing on loan uh, uh, in the World Cup, but maybe going out on loan may not be. There's competition for spots. Like it's, it's not just players at the World Cup either. There's players who are even training right now back at Hotspur Way or or just taking time off that don't know about their future going to January. There's there's the mental strife all around for for these guys. Yeah, and I think it's just looking you look at it because the World Cup is has always been such a traditional window. Obviously, we don't have like you know like you know say big clubs generally they'll they'll make them big move in the summer rather than in January. So that shifted the playing you know the, the, the lens of the window you don't want to bring in a big name player in the January window rather than the summer but I think that I think, again that's that's an interesting dynamics because obviously we've gone from a summer world cup to a winter world cup so it's quite a few interesting dynamics um and I think obviously let's say you get to a semi-final or a final let's say you miss out on a penalty shootout whatever because that could there are some players who are still haunted by that I mean Stuart Pearce famously missed a penalty for England and six years later, when he took that penalty against Spain, the whole nation was watching his breath. And he goes, you know what? That was over my head for six years. And I'd never lived it down until I got to that penalty. And yes, I scored and it was great. But there are some players who have never been Gareth Southgate. They still mention that penalty. Mauricio Pochettino, they still mention the penalty he gave away against England. It's yeah. that thing that haunts you. Because it's such a, you know, I mean, it's no exaggeration. They're not big, you, there are going to be billions of watching one single game, which sounds ridiculous, but it's, you know, if not, you know, it's, which, which, but like, we, we can do that now. I mean, like before, like you were watching that crackly bit of TV and upgrading around, everyone's got their phones, watching it on their phones, and everyone's a bit, and everyone's got an opinion about it. So it's just a completely different ball game. So it would be interesting. So I said, I, I am hoping that, you know, Conte is going to, and all the managers, are going to speak to their players and say, look, tell me how you feel. Tell me how you really feel. Don't try and soldier on. Tell me how you really feel, not just physically, because we'll do your checks, but like, you know, speak to, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the well-being or the council and say, look, how do you feel post-World Cup? How do you feel it's something we can do to help you? Because I think, you know, just mentally, I can imagine that these players, I don't think, because obviously you've had a lot of games, obviously last year because of COVID, and then it was such a hectic season, and then just going on. I don't think they've had a break. I don't think since... What the actual COVID break? It was the enforced COVID break, which was what nearly two and a half years ago. I don't think they've had a break since then. Not really, just time to switch off. Yeah, so I mean, other than other than this past, yeah, other than this past summer, where obviously the World Cup wasn't held. I mean, that 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 was the break, but it was you know, everybody's kind of looking ahead to this World Cup. But when the World Cup is there, it's 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 always kind of going to be hanging over. And you're right. And not only not only is the mental part of it important, but you're going to have so many games down the stretch here. Obviously, we've. We've spoken at, at length about uh, the month of, of both February and April are really packed. Uh, that Manchester City match was already rescheduled for January. Um, and hopefully neither team has to deal with an FA Cup replay, which would <laughs> reschedule that again. I mean, there's just so much uh, so much in terms of the schedule going on uh, to to fit in in these final few months once the World Cup is done and dusted. Um, but before I get you out of here, Shuban, and I really appreciate you hopping on and, and recording early. I know that, you know, France and, and England are still playing today before we record, you know, we're recording this before they've well, played. France playing right now. I think France yeah. kicked off. But I, I, I want to, I want to get an idea of where you sit with England and, and how, what you think their chances are the rest of the way. And obviously as you hear this, we, we, who knows, 
but th- things may have already been decided there. But wh- wh- how are you feeling about about your England squad and 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 their chances uh, to to hoist the, the to, to bring it home, as it were? Um, because I, I I'm I'm really high on them personally. I think I think this is a team that can make a run uh, and 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 lift the World Cup. But obviously, a lot to be said between now and then. It's tournament football. I think you just have to do enough to get through. It's it's about game by game, literally, like getting through this game, doing what you have to do. And I think if England have shown one ability, they've shown that ability to get through games, you know, by hook or by crook, they've managed to get through games. Uh, we saw that against Denmark in the semifinals last year. And you can say that they had favourable draws. They had a favourable draw, which got them to the semifinal. They had a favourable draw, which got them to the final. That, that's... Let's, let's not make you know, let's not break bones about that. But you can only beat what's in front of you, and England did until they, they really couldn't. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, obviously, the key thing will be keeping Kane fit. Yeah. He, his fitness is absolutely paramount. And Bellingham as well. Bellingham, we already knew how good he was because we've seen him. Everyone, I think Kaz probably doesn't enjoy how good he is for Dortmund, but we all know <laughs> how good he, yeah, he has been. And I think he's not been the find of the World Cup because obviously he knew who he was. But him and Rice have shown a really good combination. I think Phil Foden, I've kind of said this, I think, I think back in April, I said him and Saka are going to be battling it out for that right wing forward spot. I think Rashford has shown some ability over Sterling. So it and ultimately, apart from up front, and even then Callum Wilson can come in as well. We've got everything said, but the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit will be our defense. Um Stone to Maguire. They haven't been terrible. And Maguire was pretty decent against the USA. But, I mean, if they even get through and, say, France get through, I mean, you know, having Mbappe against Maguire, it's just, oh, my goodness, that's the nightmares. It will be it will be fun to watch, though. I know that much, especially as a neutral. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. That will be entertainment uh, galore for 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 myself. Yeah, time time will tell. Uh, Shuban, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for jumping on with me, and uh, we will we will be back with more, a little more Tottenham Depot uh, right after this. Thanks again to Shuban for jumping on and talking about Shoes. Spurs with me. Uh, we where we left it was talking about um, a different thing going on with Spurs, and I'm not even 100 percent sure that this is something that's going on with Spurs, but it's going on with a member. Of Spurs for sure. Uh, a lot of news out of Italy this week involving Fabio Paratici. And I don't know what to make of it. I don't think anyone really definitively knows what to make of it. So the only disclaimer to throw on all of this is that we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Um, but Caroline, what, what the hell's going on with Fabio Paratici right now? Is there any kind of worry that we should have is there any kind of um solace we should take in that he's i don't even know if this is a legal issue if this is a ethical issue like all the articles are out there you guys can go read them if you don't know what we're talking about you are living under a rock but i I don't know where to go from here it it's all very murky and the problem is, I, I feel like with this news story developing, like, I don't know which sources can be trusted. Obviously, I don't speak Italian, so there's a barrier there. Um, but I feel like we do have to be concerned. Like, the fact that the entire Juve board resigned cannot be a sign of, you know, <laughs> everything being great. above board there. And I, 
you know, if, if the absolute worst happened and there was something illegal happening and he goes to jail, like that is going to leave us up a Creek in terms of transfer activity. So yeah, I'm concerned, but I also don't know what's going on. So trying not to think about it. (laughs) All I'm going to say is Pavel Nevid doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to the business of football. And Allegri is a suspect coach at this stage of his career. I said it and I said it out loud. So what I'm saying is when things are a shambles and the people there start pointing fingers and everybody ducks, it's really easy to point at the guy who's already gone. So I, I haven't heard any, I heard I haven't heard anything come out definitive from anybody who we actually give a fuck about yet. So until that happens, I'm really excited to see what Paratici does in the January transfer window. I think that the the underlying thing with all of this that I'm just going to continue to point to is this is all Cristiano Ronaldo's fault, and I would like to just continue to point the finger at that guy for everything wrong in the world of football. Um, that's fair. He and I, I say that only to, partially tongue in cheek. I, I think I think he's going to to pay his penance. Is Sandy Sandy penance coming up here in the very near future? So uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some kind of there was obviously some kind of scheme, or at least there was rumors of some kind of scheme uh, in terms of paying players under the table, uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic halting things, and Juventus has, has had this track record of weird financial stuff. Um, I guess, I guess the question for me is if Paratici is somehow implicated in this stuff, whether it's legally, whether it's simply with some kind of sanctions from UEFA or from FIFA even. I mean, not that, not that, uh, by the way, not that FIFA and UEFA are, are always above board with their financial kinda, stuff either. Like, this is kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of what I'm saying. Did you remember when, when we heard Andrew a few years ago about Ronaldo and Messi supposedly going to jail for tax evasion in Spain and all this and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Listen, it's all fucking corrupt hogwash. So right now that happens to be washing up on Juve shores. They're not uh, unfamiliar with that territory. And you know what? Maybe some uh, Serie B fans will really appreciate getting to see Juve for a season here in the near future. Who knows? But um, that could be to our benefit as they have a lot of pieces that I would not mind seeing in Lily White. <laughs> well, and I think that that is, and you, obviously you mentioned Weston McKinney earlier. I think that is the piece that most fans of Spurs are going to be concerned with first and foremost, even before you start talking about Paratici's future with the club. I think people are going to be like, oh, what does this mean for January? I think in short, like all the other stuff, we don't know. We don't know if Juventus are going to be in the position to sell off players and 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 pieces. We don't know if that's going to be something that they even have permission to do. We just don't know the answers to all the questions that we want right now. We'll know probably in about a month from now when January, when it is January and when these kinds of things are happening, we'll know at least what they have the capability to do or the capability not to do. Um, But it is something to keep an eye on and it will make the next month as it's very strange that all of this is happening during a world cup. And while, um, you know, perfect. while the football world is kind of almost partially on pause on the men's side. And it's like, oh, this is weird. What's the we're all going to come back 
in a few weeks here, you know, the, the world cup final is uh what is it? Two weeks from today. Yeah. And days after that football ramps back up, at least it does in England. Um, I know many other places have a longer break, but England ramps back up and it's going to be the, the transfer window and my least favorite time of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. My two, well, my second least, I, I would say the summer one is, is definitely worse, but um all the transfer rumors are going to start flying and yeah i mean we all know the connections that that paratici has uh in italy not just with juventus but uh it's it's going to be eye opening i think over the next month or so but it is definitely something to keep an eye on and it's something that we'll continue to talk about uh mainly cuz there's not not a whole heck of a lot else to talk about in terms of players returning i mean we talked about it with shuban players are okay cool players are back to training it's like a second preseason that's great um, but otherwise, you know, we get to watch Harry Kane try to score a bunch of goals against uh, Hugo Lloris, and we got we get to watch, um, I don't know, Christian Romero maybe potentially, hopefully, stay healthy for Argentina because that's his favorite club that he likes to actually play for. Um, that's about that's about all we get to look forward to, though. Well, there's also Son and Richarlison facing off, which is going to be probably the hardest one to. Uh... Yeah, that's I mean, true. Like it's like, do I just stay purely neutral? Can yeah, you? I don't, yeah. do. I don't know what to do. I, <laughs> I well, for me at this stage, I I look at it going, well, who is it going to benefit more to go on, and who's it going to benefit more to come back to the hospital way early? And I think at this stage of the game, with the amount of outpouring of emotion that we saw from Sonny and his Korean teammates on the pitch this past week or this past match. Um, him getting absolutely shellacked by Brazil, which is extremely likely, likely will not hurt nearly as bad. And I hope Richarlison has a brace in the process and keeps him <laughs> high flying. Sonny gets a rest, bada bing, bada boom. We keep it moving. Yeah, by the time you've listened to this, maybe you already know the result of that game. But uh, as I said, we're recording this on Sunday and we don't, but I will be looking forward to uh, the rest of that. As I said, there's still, we've got. Still have uh, those two guys, Romero. We talked about Kane, Larice. Obviously, Dyer's a part of England as well. And don't forget, Perisic as well is still involved in this thing, which is, um, you know, Croatia. Uh, they take on, is it Japan that they play? I think it's yes. Japan. Yeah. So that's another one to look out for um, in terms of players, for Spurs still kind of continuing on over these next few weeks. And um, I, that, I think that game might be the Croatia Japan game again, by the time you listen to this, you may know, but that might be one of the closer games as well. It might be one of the more competitive games of this round of 16. I think once we get into the quarterfinals though, we're going to start seeing some real heavyweights go at it. Uh, as we know, we already have a matchup on hand of uh, the Netherlands and Argentina and England and France. So it should be fun to watch play out over the next handful of weeks. And then, like I said, two weeks from today is the world cup final. And then a week after that, we're back to, Premier League football on Boxing Day. We're, we're, I'd, say, I'd say we're about halfway through this this nonsense. So uh, yeah, that's that's very good. Um, one of the things we yeah is there FA Cup draw coming up soon? Yeah, one of the things we forgot to mention uh, earlier in the show, and I, I appreciate uh, Caroline for pointing it out to me before I sign off here. The FA Cup did, draw did happen uh, last week, uh, and Spurs got Portsmouth. They will play uh, at home against Portsmouth in the FA Cup. Of course, we talked last week a little bit about Dane Scarlett. And um, how they were not going to be allowed to play him in the FA Cup. Obviously, they wouldn't be allowed to play him in this round anyway against his parrot club, which is kind of funny. 
that uh, that's how the draw ended up going. But uh, yeah, that is the draw. It is that that game is mid January, if I'm not mistaken, um, or it might might be early January. Um, I probably should have done a better job preparing and looking this kind of stuff up. Um, that game is I was right. January seventh is when that game will take place, uh, the FA Cup against Portsmouth. So it is Brentford on Boxing Day. Uh, away home for Villa on New Year's Day and then away to Palace on January 4th. And then that very next game is Portsmouth. So that's only, you know, there's only three games for the men between now and then. Um, and then guess what happens after the FA Cup game? That is the North London Derby. Who baby. That's coming up really quick. Let's go. Yeah, that should be fun. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 notable. Uh, Portsmouth is the FA Cup draw, and uh, that should be, I think, a favorable one. You get you get Portsmouth at home. You always like to not have to see another Premier League side in in that game. And then again, who knows? Maybe Spurs just punt the cups this year and throw out a kind of like they did in the League Cup. That's kind of at least what it felt like to me. But I don't know. We shall see. That's a that's a funky way to sign this motherfucker off right now. (laughs) What the hell? It pretty it pretty much was. You're right. All right. Um, no, I think I think the FA Cup matters to Conte a lot. I, and I know that it matters to Spurs. Um, you know, something that uh, you, know, you talk about winning an FA Cup for the rest of your life if you're English. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, and with, with the League Cup happening just before the World Cup, I think it was more of a, you know, needs must situation with, with just kind of letting it go. Maybe even for the players more so than the coaching staff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're all they're all trying to save themselves for. Yeah, uh, they're for, like we li- we can't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, we'll see what that cup run brings. I, I look, I'm always excited for a cup run. Uh, it's the same reason that I'm excited to watch knockout football in the World Cup right now. It's because it's knockout football, and knockout football is fun as hell because uh, you know you got to go for it. So uh, that that's. That should be interesting. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be tuned in for sure, as we always are. Uh, that's going to do it for us here at the Tottenham Depot. You can follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho. You can follow Caroline at CG Stefko. Follow me at A Stetka. Most importantly, follow us at Tottenham Depot. Drop us a rating and review. Oh, follow uh, Shubon as well at the Real Shubon. Don't let me forget that. Um, always, always a good follow. Uh, drop us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice and we'll be back next week. Cause there's going to be a lot more to talk about. Obviously uh, we'll have another women's game in the book and we will have um, more world cup nonsense to talk about. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be talking next week about uh, the three saves that Hugo made on Harry Kane and the three goals that he also scored on him. Cause Harry Kane will just be firing away. I'm sure uh, at Hugo in that game next weekend. So we'll be, we'll be able to talk about that. Service, as well. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, he's going to have to rely on Eric Dyer for service, I think, at this point, because no one else can handle it uh, in that England squad. So that's going to do it. Uh, thanks to, so much to you two for uh, for hopping on with me on this late Sunday night. Uh, and as always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.